Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are now listening to the Vanity Ultra Podcast, and I'm your host, Kenneth Kirk. And I'm Elijah Evans. <laughs> and yo, we're back, man. We're back with another episode. Uh, another back, like we ne- back like we never left. Um, and we have a great guest on today, guys. We had none other we're than- We're like your paycheck, baby. Yeah, that's right. Bi-weekly. We bi-weekly. <laughs> <laughs> and yo, man, we had a great guest on today. We had none other than Mr. Max Siegelman on today. He is the uh, founder of Siegelman Stable. And yo, man, it was a great interview. It was great to chop it up with him, get to get to learn the ins and outs of the brand and how about it goes about his attention to detail and presentation. Real cool guy, real cool. Real cool guy, guy man. So we all know that you're we're gonna you're gonna enjoy this interview for sure. So stay tuned in and the max interview is gonna be starting in just a few seconds. back you are listening to the Vanny ultra podcast and i am again your host kenneth kirk and i'm elijah evans and we just talked about you not doing that again kenny but it's okay that's a fact <laughs> doing a double intro but it's all right though yo man we have a great guest for you guys today man this guest you know i've been tapped into his work for quite a few years now um i remember when i first purchased one of his pieces it was a hat mm-hmm. about a about two years ago and i was like yo like i love this hat. i was wearing it for about like just like two months straight like, and I still got the hat to this day. Um, also just love the brand as well as the curation of how he rollouts all, he he does the rollout for all of his pieces as well as the presentation when it comes to his collections. And, you know, he's really, really getting his name out there. He's having NBA players, he's having future wearing his pieces, you know, Kendall Jenner. Every, um, every cool person ever has been <laughs> photographed in that hat. That's a fact. Yeah. That is a fact. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let my guest introduce himself. How's it going, guys? I appreciate you having me on and all the kind words. That was a good buildup. Now I feel like I can't let down. <laughs> no, nah, you hey, won't. Nah, you should, sure you man. Won't. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> so to start off the interview, man. Uh, oh, yeah. You guys say your name, man. Uh, Max Siegelman, founder uh, of Siegelman Stable. Uh, we've been around for two years, just like as you said. Uh, it's been an amazing, fun journey. Uh, I never thought it would be where it's at now and i think now that we're at where we're at now i feel like I'm, we're just warming up um so i feel like there's a been amazing opportunity been blessed with a lot of opportunities and and sightings of of our pieces um and a ton coming up that i'm super pumped about yeah perfect yeah, yeah. and so max typically with our interviews we like to start off with like you know the, the introduction right um tell us where you're from originally I'm originally from Long Island, uh, 30 minutes outside of Manhattan. Uh, grew up there and uh, and ended up going to school just in upstate New York, like four hours from uh, from where I grew up. So lived in New York, grew up in New York my entire life, never left. Um, but New York City's home, so yeah, tough, yeah, tough. 
And so, like, growing up in New York, right, like, what were some of your early interests growing up, like, when you were a kid? Uh, I grew up playing soccer my entire life. I played soccer all the way through college uh, and then just played for fun after and still up to the beginning of the pandemic uh, was was playing just, just for fun. Um, and, and that was kind of, I mean, that was it. Like, I was heavy focused. I was, like, playing on travel teams, uh, Olympic development program teams, was, yeah. like, like fun recruits, uh, recruit trips for college, like, all wow. that. So, I mean, that was a heavy interest. Just, like, sports in general are always big. Um, my mom worked in sports. My dad technically worked in sports um, as a as a horse trainer. So it was a uh, it was pretty amazing. So what position did you play on in soccer? I was a goalie. I was a crazy one. Oh, oh sick! sick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I wasn't always the goalie. I I, uh, I played everything until like middle school time, and then mm -hmm. I was overweight. So it's like straight out of a movie. Like throw the fat kid in goal. Uh, mm -hmm but I could still jump and all you really have to do is run 20, 25 yards at a time. If you have to, it's right. uh, so still quick enough, but it, uh, it ended up being the right move. Cause I mean, that's what, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, my grades weren't great. So I think that that probably put me in a better position for, for college and all that. So yeah. in general, I think when you're growing up, like sports teach you so much about life uh, and you don't, you don't understand it when you're doing it. But uh, as you progress through different chapters of life, I think you start seeing like, Oh shit! Yeah, I can relate that back to whatever I learned through soccer or whatever you did when you were younger. So, yeah, no, for sure. Like, especially like learning how to be gracious in defeat and like just being a good sportsman. It's it's important. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I didn't play sports as a kid, so I didn't learn those important values. <laughs> you learn them in different ways, I'm sure. So, no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, I gotta go into the next question, right? So, obviously, with your brand Seagullman Stable, right? It, um, of course, has to originate from somewhere. So, like, for the name, like, where did it necessarily originate from for you? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Siegelman Stable is a real thing. Uh, mm -hmm. My dad has been a, a racehorse trainer my entire life. He opened his stable in the 80s, hence the 1982 side hit you see on the hat and some on the other pieces. Um, but he he followed his passion after he went to school um and, and decided to become a, a racehorse trainer uh he grew up a little bit around it there was a racetrack not too far from where where he grew up but uh once he finished school i mean that's kind of what he just went back to and was successful enough to raise a family and have a life off of it and, and still still does it um so for me when i was starting to put this together and like i mentioned before like i never thought it would get to where it's at it's, it's i kind of in the beginning, it was like, I just want some pieces that have these logos that my mom actually created for my dad back in the day, like literally handwritten on like napkins. So it was like impossible wow. to try and recreate when I first started. Um, but I, I wasn't going to sell them. I was like making them for me, making them for family and friends. Um, so what I'm doing now is just telling his story through fashion and through these capsules and through drops and through these pieces um and just adding a little bit of layers each time so uh just trying to stay th like true to everything uh that that he kind of set and now just mm -hmm. do it a different way to a different audience yeah it's 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 really interesting because it's like you know i've never been to a stable but you know i could buy the hat and now i feel like i've bought into like your family's legacy and like what you guys are about which is which is really really cool but um, so I'm assuming you grew up like riding horses and like doing that whole thing. Like, what was that like? What was that like? You you would assume uh, that most do. Uh, I I 
I mean, I've ridden horses. I know how to ride a horse. I don't do it every day. It's my passion in life, but I think it's amazing passion for people to have. And um, just being around horses just in general, I think, is like a very soothing thing. And, and that's part of our brand mission and story, too, is the equine therapy piece, which which we could talk about. But, um, I mean, it was definitely different in the sense of, like, you go to school, you get asked the questions, like, what your parents do, blah, blah, blah. And you start saying like, oh, my dad's a racehorse trainer. And people are like, what? What is that? Uh, yeah. It's like, it's different, right? Um, and But you do have access to like, go to a farm, go to a racetrack, and it's different. And it's not something that a lot of people have access to. So, mm -hmm. I mean, even just like I say in the beginning, uh, when we started this, it's like I had an aspirational list of people that I would want to wear the hat who maybe aspire to be around a horse or go to a track or own a horse and then you have the relatable list of those like what you mentioned like kendall jenner and bella hadid who you know are uh have a history of horses and ride mm -hmm. horses or own horses um so i think it's a fun way that we can like blend those two two different communities and audiences um with under one umbrella and one brand mm -hmm. hmm. yeah. now you know i'm curious too because like with with hats and of course like for for your brand right to come to stable with the hats like that was the first recognized thing right and I'm sure with like hats, like you can only like from the outside looking in, it's like probably only so much you can do with hats, like as far as like colorways and certain options. So for you, like for for you to be able to kind of use different colorways, I've always found it very interesting. So for you, right, when it comes to particular collections, where do you draw inspiration to like come up with certain colorways for like a particular yeah, collection of like hats? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's a lot, right? And I don't, I don't think you want to get caught. Like hats are bestseller. That's our best piece. It's the most product that we roll out always, whether it's a capsule, just a hat drop, whatever. Uh, I don't know if it'll always be that, but it's definitely a very recognizable piece. Uh, funny enough, it wasn't the first piece a, a, a named, quote unquote, named person wore. Gunna actually wore our crew neck sweater that we rolled out. Yeah. Home. Uh, first and then future wore the hat like mm -hmm. after in a music video. But I think it's like, from an inspirational standpoint, it's like anytime we're putting together a capsule or a colorway, we like look back to like the years around that my dad originated his stable and like what was fly back then. Like, um, I mean, you, I, I look sometimes at like old school, uh, like baseball hats, like teams, like their retro colors or NBA, like retro colors. We did the collab with the Spurs, uh, and immediately I was yeah, like, I saw that yeah. retro colorway, like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to, I want people to recognize that we can attach ourselves to like the new narrative of something, but also the uh, vintage heritage piece uh, of a brand and of a story, or if we're doing a collab of, of that uh, story and history that comes with it. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned how you, you go back because, you know, doing the research for this episode, I saw on the website, there's a photo of your father with some kids and he's got this insane windbreaker jacket on. Hey. That's so sick yeah. so you, you got to bring that one back that's what i yeah, really so, need yeah so i mean like i feel like we're in a really amazing place now where we we clearly like any brand you start with blanks you start rolling out your logos you start looking at these different feels and vibes but we're in, a, in an amazing place now where we're starting to look at a lot of our own cut and sew whether it's as simple as a t-shirt or exactly what you just talked about uh that is that is definitely uh in in the pipeline for us um so yeah i mean obviously that style and I know exactly what picture you're talking about uh that that style and look is like something really cool that I don't think whether it's streetwear luxury fashion has has seen 
Uh, obviously you see track jackets from Daniel Patrick to Balenciaga to whatever. Um, but this is like a little bit of a different twist that maybe you wouldn't see in, in a street style or runway show versus you'd see a, a, a racetrack. And I think that that's an amazing fun part of, of being able to blend it. Um, but just on that picture that, that you're talking about with him surrounded by kids, uh, I mean, that's literally how the, the equine therapy bit of like his history with equine therapy and involving his racehorses with it has evolved to that we donate a portion of proceeds with, with every drop or with every piece to different equine therapy programs. So that, that specific picture was a, an inner city youth program in Newark, New Jersey, that he brought kids in to teach after school uh, horsemanship and given the opportunity to be around horses and stuff. So that's always been in his, um, in, in his, in his wheelhouse of things that he wanted to do outside of just the profession and obviously making a career of horse racing, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge piece of why we wanted to attach that and bring that to, to life with Siegelman Stable as a brand. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about that inspiration piece, when it comes to a particular capsule, right? Do you go into the same process when it comes to the visual aspect of it? Cause I know for me, when it comes to Looking at a brand, I I pay attention to also the visual presentation when it comes to a particular capsule and collections, how they execute. So for that same process, when it comes to the actual piece itself, do you kind of take the same thing into account when like visually presenting it? Totally. I, I think it's like, um, I think a lot of brands try and do it and a lot of brands do a really good job or not such a really good job. And it depends like brand stories. And I think um, we definitely try to attach ourselves into uh, when we're creating that content to go with a drop to exactly that moment in time that we're trying to, to recreate with our pieces. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a super important thing. So I think even the drop we did uh, in August with Camille Caustic uh, as, as part of our, our content creation and as our model, we tried to create this vintage 80s vibe mm-hmm. uh, within just how it looked uh, in the video, whether it was like some static or a vintage grainy look as if we were doing it on like a camcorder. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, plays a piece in the in the content creation. Wow, yeah. And so, since since you started a brand, for you, um, personally, what's been your favorite, uh, you know, collection or capsule that you've released thus far, or is there a particular piece that kind of just stands out from the rest for you? Yeah, I mean, that's just that's a hard question. Um, I mean, I think there's a bunch. I think like I always had the vision. I mean, our, <clears throat> excuse me, our OG pieces will always be like special, like mm-hmm. our three colorway crew necks and, and three colorway hats. Um, but I think just like being able to watch the evolution of it and trying to like be in the moment, but also like look back in retrospect, like, wow, this is really like evolved into like some real shit um, is like a cool thing to, to witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Spurs hat was the first time we ever added any embellishments to the front. We put the, uh, the old school like Spurs, um, fiesta colors they call it behind yeah them. yeah um so to me that like that two-tone hat was like really really special and the first time we did that um <clears throat> i think some of this cut and sew stuff that we were just talking about will really be special i think that obviously like you play a role from the cut process to the picking of the uh the fit and the fabric and all of that so you really um you really play an essential role in every in everything of that right. um to say one piece is like it's tough yeah, uh, I like don't even want to answer that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, like it's like naming your children. What's your favorite child? Yeah. Yeah. I think in terms, I think in terms of hats, from what I've seen that's been released thus far, I mean, I think to me the red, yeah, the red, red, my the red hat with the yellow like logoing yeah. just stands out to me for some reason. That's like, a, dude, that's the OG hat. It's the only yeah. stable hat I had as like a kid or up until when I launched this. Um, yeah. Like a silk uh, red hat with the, had the rope across the front. And then the the gold, uh, the yellow gold, or like university gold embroidery. Yeah. That's like that's what this whole brand is based off of. Like literally yeah. that fucking hat. Uh, yeah. You're you're spot on with that. Yeah, yeah. the one the one I own, I have the pine green, and it has the uh, like cream mm-hmm. cream. Logo. Oh, dope! Cheyenne collection. That yes. was like our first collection. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I've been trying to get my hands on one ever since he told me. Like he told me he he put me on, and then I went on the website. And they were sold out. And then now I can't get my hands on one. I don't want to go on Friday. I pay two hundred. One o'clock Eastern time on Fridays. You uh. <laughs> <laughs> on Grail, overspending for for some of these hats, but the people yeah. are wild out there. So yeah, facts. Yeah. That's a fact. So um, speaking of that hat, um, the shape I think is what resonates with a lot of people. It's a very very good shape. Now, was that something that you that you took and was like, okay, this hat is it or is it just like you just found blanks and was like no so i I tried to recreate that red hat we were just talking about Mm -hmm. and that was almost as close as i could get not using like a silk fabric and without the rope i I didn't think rope was necessarily relevant in in culture at the moment for uh, for us i'm relating Mm -hmm. us around the same age um knowing that that would be the main audience uh but i think we're at a point now where like we've Obviously, we have a ton of hats in in uh, circulation out there. We're like, we did a we did a bucket hat with one of our young with our Yonkers Raceway drop, um, and we are like we're starting to produce some like dad hats, um, mm. maybe like five panel hats. So we're gonna play around with it. But I mm. I always say I will never leave this structure hat. Like it's our OG. It's our first. Uh, I hear like people say all the time it's the best fitting hat when we first dropped it i was like i can't wear this hat it's like too high for me Mm -hmm. and then you start to wear it and you realize it's the most comfortable hat you don't even realize you're wearing a hat it's like sits perfect and light on your head Uh, it sits perfectly like yeah perfect no legit like it's perfect sounds like you don't have one but you might have been stealing one and wearing (laughs) it (laughs) we'll have to make good on that though We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out after all right bet 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 Perfect. Now, um, I realize you guys are only uh, you just solely just web store, right? In terms of, yeah, we've done a few uh, in person activations. Uh, I always love like the in person touch point, especially if we're doing something uh, with uh, with like a, a team and a different and you hit a different community and help grow your audience. Uh, just this past summer, we did a collab with Kygo and Palm Tree Crew, mm-hmm. uh, originally from Oslo, Norway. He had a headline stadium show, and we did a pop-up the day before in Oslo, Norway. Uh, probably one of the best learning experiences of my life, like op- like opening a shop uh, within a store in a foreign country overseas uh, and never doing that before and just going into it blind and learning the struggles of logistics and what you ship, what you shouldn't ship, all that stuff. Yeah. So um, it was an amazing experience. So I think being able to have those touch points, because when you do have an online store, it's like... Uh, I don't know if I want to pay $56 for a hat or, or $88 for a sweatshirt, whatever it is. Mm. Like, I can't feel it. I don't know what it's like. Am I going to order it and I can't return it and I touch it and I hate it and shitty. So it's like, if you can have those in-person touch points where someone can actually touch and feel, try on, I think it's great. Obviously it, it comes with a, a price as well. 
Um, but that's when like the people you're naming that are wearing it gives it a little bit of validation and maybe an extra step for somebody to take that chance to buy the product without touch actually touching it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know if I would love a brick and mortar store at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think those touch points and activations for like a day or two or three at a time, um, are really worthwhile when you're trying to like grow a brand and, and hit a different audience and grow your community. And, and so I got to ask too, right? So obviously we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but like being able to see your brand on like celebrities, like how we mentioned earlier, like, and then also to be notarized in certain like publications, whether it be like Hypebeast or, you know, Forbes or in general, like how, well, like what's that feeling like do you get when you see that? Like when you see like future, like rocking your hat on a boat, like you're just. And, and I also want to imagine, it's not only that it's like, your hat it's like your family it's your family's legacy yeah, yeah, yeah. like on these on these really really big platforms like how does that feel yeah i'm amazing right in short yeah. amazing unreal like never could have imagined or thought that 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 was uh the route that this would go mm -hmm. uh, i think in the beginning there was definitely skepticism question and and uh maybe whispers within my family not from like my parents or yeah, maybe a little bit or my mm -hmm. brother but but maybe an extended family like who the fuck's gonna wear a single and stable hat and i never really said anything because i was like i don't really fucking know but like uh I, maybe i manifested i think when i was putting this together I, all i had on like luke in the background was like future music videos just because i'm a, a future fan so if you go into my spotify at the end of the year it's like you're mm -hmm. in the top point oh 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 one percent of future listeners I'm like, yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh so it's like um so i mean it's, it's an amazing feeling i think like uh i think you just gotta like enjoy that moment uh and and know that it's a building and a building block and a step to like what you can continue doing i think it's also a motivation factor it's like right. if I, I could do this or if they'll wear that um like what can i do now like mm -hmm. all right like like you feel a win like it's almost like a never stopping season where it's like you get that win you feel good uh but you also know from perception is everything, right? So it's like, yeah, it might be mentioned in Vogue or this or that person might be wearing it, but I know I got to go to the office and send mm -hmm. five boxes out with, with two people. Uh, and I'll be doing that for the next eight hours. So, um, I mean, it has ebbs and flows, uh, but it's, this has been amazing so far and mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and luckily I get to do it with my girlfriend and we're the only two doing this thing. Uh, we both have full-time jobs as well. So it's hella fun. Yeah, wow. It's just two of y'all. Wow, that's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. That is wild. Now, it goes into my next question. Um, and I believe you um you have done collaborations before, uh, in the past, right? Yep. Um so do you see a collaboration in the future or is there a brand out there that you would possibly like to do a collaboration with at some point? Yeah, I mean I think uh I think there's so many I think we're we're I think fashion and culture are in such an amazing state in the sense that there's no restrictions anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, like I'm going to call it something crazy. Like Cheetos could do a collab with, uh, uh, Ame and like yeah. people, some people would be like, what the fuck? But the majority would be like, I love Ame. I love Cheetos. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going yeah, to exactly. eat these Cheetos. I'm going to wipe it on my Ame sweater. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like there's nothing crazy anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's amazing, especially when the two brands coming to together can be on the same page um, and really put something together. That's amazing. Uh, I, I won't say yes to every collaboration that may come through the door and, 
vice versa. Someone, if I start a conversation with them and it happens organically and they don't like it, then they don't like it. Or if they do, then amazing. Hopefully we can make something really cool together. Um, but I think like to, to name one brand, I think it'd be tough, but, uh, we have some that are really amazing, uh, coming very soon. Um, mm. really, really excited about whether it's an NBA team, another NBA team or an MLB team, um, or other brands, uh, or individuals. And I'm really, really excited for, for all those. Um, and it just gets like a, an amazing, like cross creative, uh, juices flowing from both sides. Uh, and when that can come together to, to really work, you can really make something cool. Yeah. Wow. And, and so of course, like how my co-host stated as well, um, you know, I'm doing research for the interview, of course. And I saw that, um, aside from Sigma Stable, you did work for, uh, Outfront Media. Yep. So if you can, uh, for the audience at home, could you tell us a little bit about what Outfront Media is and then also what type of work did you did for, did for them as well? Yeah. So I, I still work there. I, mm -hmm. I head up, uh, cultural relevance for, for Outfront. I've been there for six years. I started their social media department when I first started there at like 24, 25 years old. Um, and it's been an amazing experience. The people there are unbelievable. Um, so my role first started as just literally getting them off the floor with their social. Um, and I had kind of a creative and a social background. Um, I had an amazing opportunity to start an app my senior year of college with LL Cool J that was a social aggregation tool. And that kind of led me into creative and social for other entertainers, hip hop artists, uh, athletes and stuff. Um, so when I got that opportunity, as I continued the other stuff on the side, um, we really built it up through the last number of years where my role has now uh, changed to, like I said, head of cultural relevance, which basically puts us in the room with people that maybe not necessarily would always come to uh, a company like Outfront Media, which is the largest out-of-home media agency. So mm -hmm. sell and, and create campaigns using uh, billboards and subway ads and, and bus ads, et cetera. Um, and just this past week, like Brandon Marshall will text me. He's like, yo, we're launching this, uh, my house of athlete app uh, for my, um, my fitness and wellness facilities that we're opening up across the country. Uh, like what, what's some cool shit that we can do. And like, we put up some billboards in Times Square, they went out, they created this social content. So just the relationship between social media and at, and at a home, like over the last number of years, like four or five years has really grown uh, to be able to create that content in the real world and then just bring it back onto social to really make like a, a, a full like 180 or 360 campaign is, is really amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really given me a great opportunity to work with uh, a number of really cool creatives and, and people across different industries. So how do you see like social media in the future? Because it's, it's changed a lot in the past like 10 years. And I'm sure that it's changed a lot since you've been in the position. So where do you think that social media marketing and like, where do you think it's going? Do you think it's, there's going to be like new apps or is it going to be like Instagram is still going to be sticking around or? Uh... I mean, I think you see a lot of, uh, I think you see a lot of these different platforms, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, et cetera, uh, Snapchat, uh, adapt with times and what, what people's, um, actions are doing or, or are, uh, whether it's on, their phones on social or in the real world and what they can add to their platform to help enhance those. Um, I mean, I think the number one is just consistent content creation, pushing it out. I think that's the biggest. 
I think you'll always see different trends that start coming up on, on Instagram and what's, what's the best, what's going to get you the most visibility, uh, and impressions, uh, and the same with TikTok. So I think like one, just staying on trend and knowing what's going on and the new stuff that they're rolling out. Cause when they roll out new stuff, they typically want to help themselves get that out there and they'll push that maybe content more and more. Um, Will there be new apps? Yeah. I mean, my take has always been is like the, the, pl the big players there are now are the big players that there are now. Like I think Instagram will always have ebbs and flows of people loving the platform sometimes and not at others. And, oh, they're trying to be like TikTok or oh, they're trying to be like Snap. And like, that's just them trying to keep up with times too. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, yeah. and maybe TikTok got there first. Um, so I think it's just, you, you gotta be, uh, to go back to sports, you just got to be quick on your feet, being able to pivot, being able to like, if you're producing content, how's it going to work? If, uh, if reels is, is good one day is, is working better one day, um, versus just posting a video. Um, so I think just content creation overall, uh, you just got to keep pumping out and getting it out there as consistent and as often as possible. Yeah, that's that's my biggest problem with Instagram. That's why I'm not very good at it. I just don't know. I don't know how to keep. I don't know how to keep it up. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to teach him the ways. I'm trying. He's trying to. That's not. Yeah. Um. So this is me being on some Nardwar shit, but I also did some research and saw that you did a you did an internship with the Mets. I did an internship with the Mets. My uh, it might have been like my freshman summer going into sophomore. No, sophomore going into junior. A uh, year in college, I uh, interned with the Mets and like their sales department, which is probably the first time I knew that sales was not for fucking me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they wanted me sitting there making cold calls. I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'm working on this project. Blah, blah, blah. And I like sit in the cafeteria, like on my laptop, like I'm not doing that today. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but no, it was a good experience. I interned for the Mets. I interned for major league soccer. Um, I like really for sure knew, quote unquote, knew I wanted to work in sports um while i was studying in school which obviously i said i didn't end up working in sports right so what did you end up like what was what do you have your degree in um communications and mass comm with a minor in uh i don't even know what, uh in sports sports management okay okay yeah okay. but i always just joke i say i majored in soccer when people ask <laughs> We were good, dude. We lost in like the final four my senior year. I redshirted oh, wow. my sophomore year. I like almost went back, but I was like, nah, I'm gonna bail out out this final four. It seems like a seems like the, the, the climax of my soccer career. Yeah. <laughs> so I take it, are you a Mets or a Yankees fan? I grew up a Yankees fan. Uh, okay. So yeah, I might have interned for the Mets. Maybe that's why I didn't want to sell their tickets. No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, at the end of the day, like. Uh, I think as I gotten older, I'm just like a, a New York fan. Like people always ask, like I grew up a Knicks fan, but I live in Brooklyn. So it's like, I, I kind of root for the Nets also. Um, I'm just a, I'm just a fan of sports, right? Like I'll just watch sports. Yeah. Um, so New York. Hey, I'm no, a Packers no. fan though, if we're talking about football. So, mm, okay. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And the Devils are uh, talking about hockey. So I guess basketball, baseball, New York. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, it is crazy. Before we got, before we got into the studio, we were literally talking because, um, I was telling him I've never been to a hockey game. Yeah. They're fun. Before. Yeah. I've only, only been to minor leagues. This is on TV is like a different game, man. Yeah. You gotta yeah. go. All right. Say less. Yeah. We'll 2023. Yeah. We'll go. <laughs> Um, so before we get you out of here, man, I want to ask, so for you, right, when it comes to this year itself, um, what are some goals that you personally want to achieve yourself, but then also for the brand as well? Um, 
personally, we'll get deep real quick. Probably just like, uh, probably focus on mental health. It's definitely like a thing that I never, um, probably never focused on. Um, like, like understood the importance, but never focused on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think like, especially living in New York, like having your own business, like you get caught up and like, you just don't think about everything. And then your body at some point or mine at some point is like, yo, slow the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you're about to just lose it. Um, so I think for me, it's like focus a little bit more on that, be in the moment in, in some of these things. Cause I think you get lost. Like we were talking about when you see yourself and like some of these publications are on some people, it's like, like take the acknowledgement, enjoy it um, for a little bit of time before, before you can move on. Um, but I think those two things for me are, are big going into this year. Um, and for the brand, it's like, I, I, I have some opportunities that I think can fast track growth for us, but um, in my heart, I know that that's not what I think this, this brand should do. Uh, I think like the slow progression and growth um, of what we've done in the last two years compared to maybe what other brands that started two years ago um, is insanely fast. Uh, and the opportunities have been insanely amazing. And like I said, like blessed that we've had them um, and still have a bunch. Um, so I think I want to continue at the pace we're at, but get smarter about some of the stuff that we're doing. Uh, I always said, I, re- I know what I'm really good at and I know what I'm really bad at. Uh, and I think that that's important in any business, whether it's fashion or, or, or marketing, whatever it is, uh, like understand what you're good at, understand what you're not and, and, and have the confidence and humbleness to pass those responsibilities and things off, uh, to people who, who know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that is a, a huge focus for us and with those things in mind and doing those things, um, and just keeping true to exactly what we've been doing in, in the ba- the brand building process, whether it's collabs or our own capsules, uh, I think it'll get extraordinarily faster from a growth perspective anyway. Mm-hmm. And my last question for you is, is um, what advice can you give to like the youth to maybe one day they can hope to be as successful as you've been? Right. You make me feel old when you say like, that. <laughs> <laughs> Say something to the youth. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, one, I still feel like I'm young. Uh, I think I am. Two, uh, I think success comes in so many ways. Uh, I think we get caught up in financial success is, is what success is. Uh, I don't think I had, one, I don't think I have full financial success at the moment. Uh, and I definitely didn't have it for the first five years out of school. Like there were times I was walking around the East village in my first apartment and had a hundred dollars in my pocket. I was like, bro, what am I telling my roommate, uh, in, in two weeks when rents do like Mm -hmm. figure it out. Uh, so I think it's one is like, if you're trying to build something, a brand, your own company, it's like, stay true to what you think. Like people around you will always say what they think is the best thing for you. Um, and and don't push it away, like soak it in. Maybe some of it's correct. Maybe some of it maybe is not for you. Um, so be a sponge and absorb it. Um, but if they're so correct in what they're saying, it's almost like, why aren't you doing it yourself? Like I hear it all the time still now for Siegelman Stable. Uh, people will tell me like, you should do this, you should do that. Like I can, sh- I can tell you how to like grow super, super fast and do this and that. And I'm just like, okay, tell me, 
and like you listen and you hear and you absorb it and you go back to yourself and maybe you take a piece or two. Um, but like at the end of the day, I think you, you should question stuff. Like Virgil said, question everything, right? Mm -hmm. I think you should, you should question stuff. You should question like if they know that so well, why haven't they done that and grown their own business? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, question everything, uh, to quote, to quote Virgil, um, because it's true. Um, and I think just stay true to what your vision is, who you are and what you want to build. If that's your goal in, in building something and doing something for yourself. Oh, perfect. Well, Max, I just want to say on behalf of myself and as well as Elijah here, um, it was a pleasure having you on, man. Being able to know a little bit more about you as well as your process behind the brand and everything. It was definitely a true pleasure having you on. Um, and we truly wish you the best going forward with all your endeavors and personally as well. So thank you. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you rocking the hats. We'll we'll figure that out for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't we don't need you sharing hats. We'll we'll, we'll make it right. Uh, but yeah, keep in touch, please. You guys you guys are great. Uh, appreciate all that you're doing, and appreciate you having me on here to to further the story and talk to you guys. Right. And before and before you get out of here, uh, where can the people follow you as well as the brand, and where you know, where can they purchase some of your pieces? Yeah, uh, SiegelmanStable.com, uh, or I guess if we're sold out, you could go to Grilled. Uh, <laughs> you're on your own, you're on your own in that journey. Um, nice. We typically do our drops on Fridays at one o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we try and stay as consistent as possible uh, almost every Friday. Though the next few weeks we'll, we'll be off before we do a, a drop around Super Bowl that we're pumped about. Uh, and then uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Siegelman Stable. And then uh, my personal is Max underscore Siegelman. Well, perfect. You heard it from the man himself. This has been the Van Yocha Podcast with Max Siegelman. Signing out.